0: All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. Means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way, episode 85. You can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at Casey Stern. Get in the Twitter bio, jump on the YouTube channel. Of course, you're listening everywhere. You get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and so forth. And my guest today, a friend and uh, former teammate, a Hall of Famer, and uh, the editor-in-chief at The Athletic in uh, D.C., David Aldridge. Uh, DA, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. My pleasure, Casey. Good to see you, man. You too, man. You too. So I, I got to start here and, and get into this media day with the Nets yesterday that you were at <laughs> because, you know, a lot of kumbaya and everything is great. And how how tangible were was the eye rolling from <laughs> folks that were around this media day listening to some of this?
1: <clears throat> well, you know... Uh, some, I mean, it was, it was certainly there, Casey. I mean, you know, like you can't have what happened this summer. I'll give the Nets credit for one thing. They didn't deny any of it. Like it didn't get, didn't go up there and say, I didn't, I didn't ask for a trade. I didn't ask for Sean Marks to be fired. He was like, yeah, I did. Um, so at least they cop to it. Um, but sure. I mean, everybody should be skeptical. Um, you know, but they're hiding behind what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So, okay, we'll see, I guess. You know, the one thing that's in their favor is <clears throat> they have still have so much talent, right, with KD and, and Irving back and uh, presumably healthy Ben Simmons and Joe Harris coming back and Patty Mills and Seth Curry. I mean, they got a lot of firepower. So if they ever do figure it out, it could be interesting but they've never they haven't figured it out in three years and so i'm a little doubtful that they'll figure it out in the fourth year but sometimes desperation makes you do things um but yeah it was it was a bit much um to see um everybody talking about how there were no hard feelings and families fight and all that sort of thing you know yeah families fight They don't tell ESPN about it, you know what I mean? That's a little different, so So, uh, we'll see, we'll see.
0: You know, one of the things and a couple of things struck me from what was said. And look, Media Days, Media Day. Every team is certainly they're not to this extent having to deal with what the Nets dealt with, but every team is going to be great, and everyone's together, and everyone's in the best shape of their lives. And I've you know covering twenty spring training, I joke about that all the time. Everybody's gained
1: sixteen pounds of muscle.
0: Right, 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 right. You know, (laughs) D Rose taking his shirt off, he's lost twenty pounds, which is great to see. But you know all of that. But a couple of things about what KD said. Let's start there. So he, he. And I think it was uh, our our friend and former teammate, Jared, who asked the question about, you know, net fans, right? What his message was. And I found it. Extremely interesting that he was saying. After all I've done here in the three years I've been here, and I'm thinking to myself, really, because you're out for one year, and you know <laughs> clearly the second year. Look, and I'm sure PJ Tucker's still having nightmares. You tried to drag him by yourself, right? It, it doesn't work. Last year, y- you get you swept off the floor, you lose to Boston, and then you basically begged and tried to force yourself out of town. Did you get the sense that that KD understands? What he's walking into in terms of, hey, look, if you disappoint this crowd and this team this year, it's not going to be so easy because right now you're you're a marked man because of, of basically begging out of here.
1: You know, Katie is is, <laughs> you know, like all great athletes, delusional. And what I mean by that is they they lean into the fact that they are, and it is correct, they are the most talented people who walk the planet on what they do right so there aren't five people in the world that play basketball better than kd and so he leans into that all the time no matter what he says or what happens or what transpires he always comes back to but i'm an incredible basketball player so you have to you have to live with the rest of it um and you know there's some truth to that but at some point even, even a team like Brooklyn will say, Hey, look, we can do better without you. You know what I mean? So, um, or we can at least try to do better without you. It's not worth it. Um, but he's, he's banking on the fact that his talent is so prodigious that you have to live with all of it. Um, you have to live with everything that, that goes on. Um, and you, and you will, you will accept it at some point. Um, so, we will but that requires you, Casey, to be on the floor and to be contributing to winning, right? And so if you're if you are indeed one of the greatest players in the league and you are capable of doing it, then yes, sometimes you have to drag a team that's not as talented as you uh, past the first round. and they didn't do that. and it was it wasn't even that they got swept by Boston as we saw Boston was a terrific team last year it was, they got pantsed by Boston, you know, like it wasn't even close. Boston was, was, it was a non-competitive series. Right. And so that is what I think is an indictment um, of of KD last season. Um, And, and does he have a point where, was the rest of the team not doing the right things? Yes. But you know, that's part of the, part of the deal when you're a great player, you get blamed when when things go wrong and it's unfair. It's not accurate, but it's the reality of, of life in the big city. Right. And so um, he's going to, you know, he's going to lean into his talent. He's going to lean into his skills to always kind of bail him out and rescue him um, when there are tough questions and tough issues to face. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I find it interesting. Kyrie said something to the effect of it was, the first time in his career he'd been embarrassed when they got swept yeah. by the Celtics. And I, I wanted to almost say out loud, as I'm watching that, you mean other than the embarrassment when you were on the Celtics is what I felt like saying <laughs> when you're getting outplayed by Gordon Hayward, you been back for like eight minutes. Um, right, right, right. Kyrie after I... everything that has, has happened, forget, you know, not just everybody focuses on, you know, the play with the vaccinations and, you know, his comments on, you know, how the world is and he's, a, he's a different dude, right. He's an interesting guy but he won with LeBron. He won 28 games a season without him, right? He went to Boston. We know how talented a player he is. Legacy gets often overused. Yeah. But is his legacy somewhat in some danger if he doesn't kind of figure this out of of being an unbelievably all-time talented guy, but not an all-time player?
1: Well, I mean, you know, legacy is always written by people who weren't there, right? Who weren't in the midst of it. And that's again, that's reality. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Kyrie's got to, you know, he's got to make it about what he does on the floor. If he will, if he can get back to that guy that that made the game, the series finals, winning three for Cleveland in two thousand and sixteen, then he can shut everybody up. But it's never about what Kyrie is doing on the floor because he's rarely on the floor. You know, for different reasons. Some are injuries, which are unfortunate and unavoidable and nobody's fault. But then some are just, I'm going to, I'm so, you know, contrarian. I'm going to, I'm willing to give up $100 million to make a point. Okay, you're allowed to do that, but then you can't in the next breath say, and I'm one of the greatest players who ever lived. Because part of being great is being on the floor every night. You know, that's why old people like me, you know, point to the fact that that what made Jordan and 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 Karl Malone and, and people of that era and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas great was that they played every night, <laughs> you know, they played. sometimes they play with broken bones, but they went out there and played. and it doesn't make them more virtuous, but it does mean that they sucked it up. And they and they dealt and they got beyond whatever it was that was bothering them on a particular day and played. And that's all I think people are saying with regard to Kyrie is that you can't you can't say you're a you know a Titanic big time player if you're not on the court. And that's what he has to do is get back to being on the court regularly. Cause he is, and I got in trouble this summer for saying it, his skill set is not replicable wreck what's the word it's not you can't copy it it. it's incomparable right you you can't copy it katie's a great scorer there are other great scorers in the league they do it differently but the bottom line is they score the ball like damian lillard's a great scorer of course yes you can't replicate that's the word you can't replicate what Kyrie does in terms of his ball handling his ability to pass his ability to score at all three levels his skill set is something that can't be replicated, but it has to be shown on the floor, and so that's that's where he has to he has to make his argument on the floor.
0: And and are you a winner, right? I mean, and that's that's the end of the day, and that's you know one more on the nets here because you know Ben, he's such a talented player. And so his defense doesn't get enough credit. The ways he mm-hmm. impacts the game doesn't get enough credit is he working hard enough behind the scenes is always the question that has always been asked in terms of the shot. It's one thing to not shoot well and to not be confident in it. It's another thing. If you're not putting in the work to get better at it, yeah. what's the sense you got that the Nets believe that he's, is, is he putting the work in? Do you, did you get the sense that even if he doesn't admit necessarily, maybe being humbled in, in putting those words out, do you get mm-hmm. the sense he's been humbled?
1: I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, it, 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 this is generational, Casey. It has nothing to do with that. You know, my powers of observation. I don't know what young people are humbled by these days. You yeah, know, me neither. Me neither. You know, I don't. I don't know what makes them. I think TikTok become introspective <laughs> and say, "Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to change." You know, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a gene that's in them um, in, in large numbers, but you know, I, I think it comes back to with Ben. You know. Was he's got to, if he will just play in terms of, you know, do what, what, what basketball requires you to do in a given situation, which is if the ball swung out to you and you're open, you have to shoot it. It may not go in, you know, it may not go in. You may shoot 20% on threes um, in a given season, but you have to shoot, you know, that's what the game requires you to do in that given moment. And so if he can come to that, I mean, it could, it could work. He could, he definitely could help them. I mean, they, he played, if you go back and look when, when he was in Philly, when Joel Embiid was injured and Ben Simmons basically played center, Philly was remarkably
0: good. They were,
1: they were terrific. Yep. And there's no reason they couldn't do that again. In fact, you know, Brooklyn doesn't really even have, you know, significant presence in the middle going into the season. There's no disrespect to Nick Claxton and, and the other guys that are playing there, but but there are minutes there at the five for Ben. He could play to five and be okay, or KD could play to five, you know, I mean, so there are ways that they can utilize all this talent to get the most out of it, um, you know, but, you know, and, and I can't, I can't, and I don't want to try to, you know, diagnose someone's, mental health issues, you know? And so if Ben Simmons says I was struggling with some things and I, I was in a dark place, I, I, I can't just, Oh no, that, nobody right? can.
0: No, nobody. And so can. I'm
1: not. And so I'm not, but say again, it, it comes back to with all of these guys, but it's what you do on the floor that That's right. matters. That's mm-hmm. right. You That's know, right. It's so performing. if you just do what, what, what you need to do on the basketball court, none of the other stuff is going to rise up and become an issue.
0: Yeah. And look, you know, it's, I, I guess, yeah, part of me says that because in watching, you know, the the pod that he did with JJ, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it came off, and look, all of this is unfair, right? We all observe as humans, right? It, it came off to me questionable whether or not he acknowledged or understood some of the parts that he played on the basketball court that yeah. were his own fault. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, yeah, you know?
1: Scott, I mean, the Philly, you know he disappeared. Come on. He disappeared. And when they needed him against Atlanta, and I think you have to cop to that, you know, and say, so you have to say, look, the moment got to me in That's that right. moment. I was not at my best. That's right. And if you just do that, I think most people are, you know, or have an understanding or have the empathy and go, okay, well, I got, we've all had moments where we messed up and, and we try to do better the next time, but to just, but to just say, well, my teammates threw me under the bus. Well, That's yeah, right. Because you didn't, do That's what you're right. supposed to do. Like. And, and
0: DA, I think about all the greats in sports and it's funny. The first guy that came to mind with this is a guy that, that uh, beloved for both of us at different times in terms of, of baseball fandom, but Max Scherzer, yeah. I think about, you know, when he gives up a run in eight innings, he's like angry at himself. And the only thing he talks about is giving up a run. Kobe, yeah. how about all the greats, Sure. They're hardest on themselves. You don't want to have to see a player that's supposed to be a great player and you feel like you're you're harder on them than they are on themselves. And that's yeah. that's yeah. sometimes difficult. I, I want to ask it, just this part on, on the Celtics situation, which is, you know, look, I mean, there's much more to it than even any of us are of a no. Some of us know. And that's okay because I'm sitting here and you're sitting there. Yeah. What was odd to me was it kind of reminded me, and I'll give you a parallel. So I remember being around the Astros and that whole situation after a totally different story, but after everything had come out and they had thrown the players out there in a caravan before the season started. And Mm -hmm. Altuve and Bregman and those guys got caught with their pants down because they didn't really know what to say, what had been out, what had been in a different kind of a way. I felt for the Celtics players answering these questions who didn't seem to have in some cases, any more information than many of us do. Did the Celtics do a bad job with that, with not at least internally seemingly explaining DA whatever they had to to the players? The players came off, you tell me, it, from what you're listening to Jalen Brown, like they were confused in terms of what exactly has occurred.
1: Um. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am I don't know that there is much that can be done when the, ca- you know, the calendar is the calendar. You had to have media day yesterday. Like, I mean, I guess they could have said, hey, give us three days and we'll we'll have it on Thursday. What could they have I mean, met with the-
0: MDA? Do you think that, I mean, it seemed like they didn't do a job at least getting everybody together and say, hey, well, look, this is right. I mean,
1: I, I don't know that there was a lot that they could tell them, Casey. I mean, you know, like, like what could legally.
0: Right. Like well, did, yeah, that's What the can problem, an organization
1: right? tell its employees about an ongoing that's HR fair. investigation? That's fair. Like if, that's fair. Like, no, fair. none of us, if we're in a company, we can't say, "Hey, why is Bob not here today?" Right. Well, here's why. You know, like, we, and we don't have to answer it in front. We don't have to
0: answer stuff. it in front of the press. But it just it came. I felt for them in that yeah, spot.
1: Yeah, no, I did too. And and obviously, they were you know in the dark on a lot of this, as as many of us are, and, and will continue to be. I mean, there's just not a lot that is going to be made public, at least not now. Um, in the, and I would think in the coming weeks um about this situation which is why it's so you know it's so difficult because this because it involves it involves one of your highest profile employees and nobody can talk about it you know nobody outside of a very small circle of people can talk about it um and so it, it's 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 extremely difficult it's difficult for the team it's difficult for the players it's difficult for the for joe Missoula, the new coach uh, the interim coach um so yeah, I mean, there's no there's no good answer, Casey. I mean, obviously, yeah, they they certainly did not seem to know what was going on, but I don't know how you can alleviate that. that. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know what That's you fair. can do if you're if you're. A, they are a company. I mean, the, yes, yes, they're a basketball team, but Boston Celtics Inc. is a company which has <laughs> rules that they have, right. must abide by. We don't by ever people. think of
0: it that way, and and you you're know? right. The timing, da too, right? It just so happens yeah. that this, you know, and I don't know how that could have been helped, uh, you know they do have a lot of leadership on the floor and in the room and, and obviously still Brad Stevens in the organization. So we'll see how the, all that goes. I want to go to DC because I love Brad Beal as a player person, all everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I I've, I've thought at times over the years, like, do I wish I could like be a birdie in his ear and say, just get out. Just, just, <laughs> just want out. He, he'd never, he is. It's, it's inspiring the dedication. Are you surprised at all? I mean, what's been your sense of being around it? of just how dedicated he is to wanting to win there. What what does that say about him and to the organization DA?
1: Well, look, I think it's I think it's legit in terms of I mean, there's two things at work here, Casey. I do think that that Brad's a very loyal guy. Um, I think it meant a lot to him that when the organization had to choose between him and him and John Wall, they chose him. Right. And so um, and John Wall was the guy that they literally rolled the red carpet out for when he got here as the savior of the franchise. And the owner put big, huge posters of him up on alongside the building that they play in. Um, But when push came to shove, they said, we'd rather roll with Brad going forward. I think that meant a lot to him now. I think the $250 million also meant a lot So, I mean, both it things can be true. Right? <laughs> and so I'm not mad at him for wanting the bag either, you know. So he took the bag too. Um, so um, I think it's legit. I don't – I can't – you know, again, I just – it just is amazing to me that that when somebody all the things that we want our athletes to do, we want you to be loyal. we want it's true run the first side of trouble and when they don't run they go what's wrong with you, Why you, you to, you're surpri- you're
0: surprised <laughs> are, but you're are are you are you at all even though he had been so consistently this way at this most recent pass, was there any thought to you that that okay, maybe now he gets because I, I guess the way I'm asking this DA, is the NBA specifically is a sport where, the guys are in such a fraternity. He's got mm-hmm. friends that are big time level and big time teams. Are you at all surprised that he didn't get tugged enough that direction to leave? And that, that he is still in here for the long haul.
1: I would I know, I think I know Brad well enough to know that Brad, what he did not want to do was be a joiner, right? Like, let me go, let me go be the third piece on this super team somewhere because he would never get any credit. If they won, it would always be, well, players one and two are the reason we won. And you were just along for the ride. You know, right. and he, he's got he, enough. great right. kind nice of a scenario, I guess, go, maybe. Well, I, I'm just as good as those guys are. And so I'm going to be the alpha male on this franchise and be the person that that leads. And this is what I've written. Like, OK, well, then you got to be the alpha male. Then <laughs> you want to be the man. You got to be the man. That means you got to play great at both ends of the floor. You have to help your team. You know, not be mediocre. You have to you have to give max effort at both ends of the floor. You have to defend every night. You have to take the responsibility of of guarding the other team's best two guards every night, and you have to be the pie piper, which means you have to be the guy to get people to come to play with you. You know, like that's what I want. That's my my kind of challenge to Bradley Beal is you be the guy to say, hey, I want to go to D.C. and play with Bradley Beal. You know, and so that to me is the challenge that faces him going forward um, to get players that are difference makers to be willing to be to want to come here and play with him.
0: In New York. <laughs> here, here's the, the irony. I'm watching you know, Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, most recently yesterday, they asked him. Um, who's your AL team? He said the guardians and they said, if the guardians play the Mets in the world series, where do you go? And he tweeted LFGM. So he hasn't forgotten his roots. He said in the presser, you know, he thought he was going home. You know, obviously where my roots are. I know that he wouldn't have fixed everything that the Knicks have Mm -hmm. issues wise. Clearly there are many reasons that make sense from a logic standpoint of why it didn't make sense to go give all of that for Donovan Mitchell. Right. Yet at the same time, it's Madison Square Garden another year probably without the playoffs. And that's where I had a problem with it because that probably puts you at least there and right. gets you back on the... How does how do Leon and how does this group get... Is there a map? Do you see from covering it more of should I feel better now than I felt five years ago where I feel like I'm in this consistent trend of we're never going to get back there. I mean, how do you well, see the Knicks?
1: I mean, I, look, I, I I think that they are going in the right direction, right? I mean, I, I don't doubt that. I, Tib's a good coach. I mean, it, there's a shelf Perfect. life. Don't get me wrong with him. But they're not there yet. Um, And I think they've got good pieces. You know, Barrett made big strides I think last season played very well in stretches um you know adding Jalen Brunson look at 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 the end of the day what was the most what was the most important thing the Knicks needed to do this summer it wasn't go get Donovan Mitchell it was go get a point guard right and so they got a point guard um, you know, and they paid a lot for him and we'll see if he, if it winds, if it works out, but they did go get a quality point guard they did. In in Brunson.
0: and person and quality person yeah, and too. a good, yeah.
1: and a very good person. And so somebody that, that you can, that, that you can see doing well in New York. Right. So yes. they got that done. Um, you know, it would look, I, they certainly were trying to get Mitchell. It, I think it would have been intriguing. There would have been challenges, but it would have been a really kind of, electric backcourt to play with, uh to watch every night. Um, but at the end of the day, they still have all those picks and they can still be in any trade they want to be going forward as a result. So if it wasn't Donovan Mitchell this time, maybe it'll be somebody else at the trade deadline or or next summer. So they're still in good position, I think, to add to their roster in the next 18 to 24 months, let's put it that way. Right. And and so uh, it's, I'm sure people are disappointed that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but it's not the end of the world that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell.
0: I, I want to do one on Steph and then, and then hit you on the Nats before I get you out of here. I, sure. you know, <clears throat> likability, you don't need it to have stars, but I don't know that we've had a more likable star than Steph is in, in a yeah. while. In just every way. I mean, everything, <sighs> he's everything you want, right? As we, as we say. When you look at 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 Steph Curry, mm-hmm. is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? I, I wanted to ask you this because you've been around basketball so long. We all have these conversations, right, at at the bar at the water cooler with family. It's like, you know, who are the list of the best five this and, and like what position has been changed in the NBA, right? You could either say mm-hmm. versatility or indifference or whatever. But how do you look at if his career were to end today? Mm-hmm. How do you explain Steph to somebody twenty years from now? What if somebody says what was he? Well, no, he's not a point guard. <laughs> I mean, not in the traditional
1: right? sense of <laughs> I'm going to be the facilitator and get other people involved in the offense and pass, make you know, have average nine assists a game. Um, you no, know, what he is is the greatest shooting guard in the history of basketball. He's the greatest two guard in the history of basketball. Um to me, I mean, all due respect to you know, and I'm not when I say that, I don't mean he's better than Michael Jordan because I don't consider Michael Jordan a two-guard. You know what I mean? He's Michael Jordan, whatever he is. He's right. just Michael Jordan. He's in his he's own like category. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. You Correct. know what I mean? Like, That's right. He's the greatest shooter in the history of the game. Um. So he has fundamentally changed the game of basketball by virtue of his ability to shoot the ball better than anybody else who's ever played the game. Um. And that, that has created an opportunity for that team to – achieve an incredible amount of success it all starts with Steph Curry's ability to shoot the basketball from from increasingly prodigious lengths, yeah um, and consistently year after year after year after year shooting the ball at an incredibly high efficient rate and so that's where it starts at so no he's not a point guard he's he's just an incredible shooter Who's a, and paired with another great, great shooter? In, oh, in Clay fantastic! Thompson, right? Yes. And so there just haven't been. Look, Mark. I remember Mark Jackson saying this when he was coaching the team, like they're the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game. And I went, "Oh, you're nuts! Come on, you're crazy! That's 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 such hyperbole." And of course, you go back and look it up, and you realize, He's right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he had that before any of us did. I mean, and, and he that's said early it before anybody else, did early, early on. So, yeah, um, so
1: yeah, um, so yeah that's that is what Steph Curry is. But to your other point, like he's done this in a way that very few players have done. There, you never think you never put the word ruthless next to Steph Curry, right? Like, like in terms of his personality, his humanity, right? Like Michael Jordan, ruthless. Like oh you know, yes, not just, just
0: as a competitor. Yeah, yes. he's
1: just you know all of them. Magic. His being bird, yes. Isaiah, ruthless yes. people. Yes. Like yes. you know savages. Like, yes. Yeah, yes. they were yes. not nice people when they no. were trying to win. They were no. they, were, they no. were assassins, right? Correct. Kobe assassins. That's correct. Right? Yes. Yes. So, and Steph has managed to be just as competitive, without that ruthlessness now is he he's got you know he does this thing now and so that is that's kind of going in that direction but yeah. still even that's kind of like you know benign <laughs> I think he's playful,
0: he's he's playful with a killer instinct right. i mean exactly. It, right
1: exactly while being incredibly competitive he doesn't seem to be kind of a jerk about it right no so, no um and i think that that kind of he's just He's different, man. He's just a different guy in terms of how he handles not only the responsibilities of being a great player and leader, but just kind of dealing with the spotlight day after day and year after year and and always kind of doing it in a kind of, I don't know, accepting way. Like he never talks about you guys in the media and all this kind of Tarring everybody with the same brush, and you know he doesn't do that. Now he gets better press than most people. <laughs> I grant you that. So,
0: but it's not um, an eyewash. It seems legitimately sincere with him. I mean, that's that's yeah, what's I so mean, interesting a, it about him. It seems
1: like he's actually listening to the question you're asking. Yes, <laughs> you yes, which is I mean, like, that's so all we he, ask for. He wants to actually try to provide <laughs> answers, so. I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: I want to yeah, let me let me close with the nets. Uh, I know. I just want to get your vantage point on. On kind of everything that's happened, I know it's you know kind of a, a really circuitous way to, to get into what's been a, a really terrible and damaging year for the fan base. Right? Yeah, just I mean, because look, no there are young players everywhere, and and Abrams has got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of kids that are coming, and 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 all that's great. Yeah, but to watch Soto in, in San Diego, I think even though it's years prior, to still watch Max and now have him in division and be on the Mets doing what he's doing. There's sure. no Strauss and who knows? And and obviously, he was, you know, really. I, I thought it internally very honest about kind of you know his situation a couple of weeks ago, where he sits in terms of his own health. Yeah. In the how did we get here? Is it still disbelief? What what's the pulse of of kind of the the city and and that yeah. fan base on what's happened here with DC? The
1: thing, the thing that that bothers people here in DC, Casey, is that that group in 2019 that kind of, you know, got off the deck and, and showed incredible resolve and fight to, to get back to, to get to the playoffs and then get to the world series, and then win the world series on the road. Right. I mean, just showed incredible fortitude. They never really got a chance to defend their title, right? Because the next year was COVID. So nobody saw them. There was no, there was a banner raising in front of nobody, literally there was, you know, and so that the fans, The team never got the benefit of that next year where you can charge more for everything and everybody's happy to pay it because you just won a World Series and and creating a little ancillary income that may help you get another free agent and keep the party going. They never got the benefit of any of that, right? And then they started getting old. You know, they were already old, and then they started getting really old, and so you had to have a sell-off. The thing that bothers me about how the Nats handled this is not so much trading scherzer because he was you know at some point you have you can't keep paying a a pitcher what they were paying i get it and they already paid him a lot of money and i think max in his heart of hearts wanted to go somewhere where he could keep competing for for playoffs and world series and so that's fair the one that doesn't make any sense to me is trey turner that makes no sense to me like trey turner is exactly the guy you guys say you want like he plays great he doesn't say anything to the media he has nothing to say to the press at all about anything um he doesn't call attention to himself he just goes out and plays this incredibly productive uh shortstop every day and you you Kind of, he was kind of a throw-in to, you know, to the, to the Scherzer deal, and and the guys they got back. I mean, look, Gray's got a chance to be good. He's had a terrible year this year. Uh, Ruiz has been good this year as a catcher. He's been good. I mean, so he's got a chance to be their catcher. Yeah, I like him. Um, but you didn't even really try to re-sign Trey Turner. You just said it's going to be too expensive. We're going to get rid of him. And then, okay, all right, I, you know, that's a big that's a big pill to swallow for a fan base. But at least Soto's still here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so people watching Washington, after losing, you know Bryce Harper for nothing. That's right. Not that's right. Him and not getting anything back for him. that's right. After trading Max Scherzer, who was beloved in this town, after trading Trey Turner, everybody's like, "What are you doing?" Everybody could at least go back. Well, at least we get to see Soto swing the bat. That's right.
0: Times. You got to hang your hat on. That's
1: that's your franchise you know, face. And so, to me, it's like, okay. You know who represents Juan Soto, okay? <laughs> so, so if you're going to trade Trey Turner, then you must resign. Juan That's right. Soto. Like, That's, right. A, a That's right. It's before, a must.
0: That's right. If not before, if not before, if not signing him before and then saying, "Okay, we're going to trade," and it seemed like that you know they they got you know look everything everything gets public, everything gets le- leaked and and all of that. Yeah, they didn't do enough to no. keep them. And that's not just financial. I mean, they just, they didn't make enough of, of to your point, the a concerted effort to understand chess moves before that, that we, right. we can't lose this guy.
1: We can't lose everybody. That's yeah. the point. That's the point. Like you lost them <laughs> all. Like, how do you lose and, all of them? And, and but, like, you, you know what? That's what teams do Go say, all the hey, way to the that's bottom. The guy we're going to keep here. And we're going to overpay if we have to, to keep him here, but we got to keep somebody here. To, to give people hope that this that we can turn this thing around, and so what Mike Rizzo said was a retool. It's not a rebuild. Well, now it's oh, a yeah, rebuild. It's, yeah. That's
0: yeah, that's garbage. They they you know, went all the way down to the floor. I mean, literally, yeah. they they, they yeah. got nothing, nothing left. Yeah. It, it's and I, you
1: know the prospects. They're all you know. Some of them are intriguing. I mean, I to see Robert Hassel at the higher levels, and he could be really good. And you know, Mackenzie Gore has a chance mm-hmm. to be really good and Abrams is already up. Yeah. Like, so, Abrams. and, and he's played, what has played much better. You know, yes. it looks like he's got a chance to be an everyday shortstop. And getting Abrams allows them to move Garcia the second instead of watching him just, wow, was he bad at shortstop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, he's better at second, right? So, so uh. all of those things make, you know, there's, there's moves that make sense, but, you know, it just, it's just, it's just disappointing that you had all of these guys come through here in a short period of time and none of them made it three years past, you know, the, the biggest moment in franchise history. That just seems like, that just doesn't even seem possible, you know, it'd be like. It would be like the Yankees losing Judge and Hicks, and you know, like, you know, like, well, we can't lose all of these guys, right? Like, maybe Judge is just too expensive. We can't resign. But all you lost them all. How do you lose them all?
0: Da- Davey Martinez had the uh, bumpy roads to beautiful places. Uh, remember, they got a lot of bumpy roads. Uh, before well, they get Mars to Mars right now, and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, they're,
1: not... they're like they're like Matt Damon in the Martian, they're just like going over the land. Oh you know I mean? man. Dude, I'm so it.
0: I, it's so good to catch up with you, man. I appreciate you doing this with me, D.A. It, it's, of course, it, Casey. My pleasure. It's man. also it's We're awesome talking. to catch up. We'll definitely do it again soon. For anybody, jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution. Get all the episodes, Apple, Spotify, everywhere we you get your podcasts, and stay on board with us. And uh, we'll see you next time.